Yo, what up? It's Moon from Greek Fire, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Welcome back to the Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with Chris. What it do? All right. So we uh, we waited to the end of the first or Blues first round to see how they did instead of doing kind of like a half the series or a couple of games at a time. Uh, also, logistics also kind of prevented us from doing that. So, well, we're here and still happy. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. so, you know what? I think you picked the Blues in six. I picked the Jets in six. And to be honest, it could have went either way. It really, aside from one game, which was game three, man, I, you know what? I'm going to take that back because game six was not as close as the score shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, two, four, for sure five, um, those games were coin flips, man. I mean, the Jets dominated game three, the Blues dominated game six, but those other four games, Seriously, it, it was a it was a who knows. Uh, it was a great series. I'm I'm glad the Blues won, but um, yeah, yeah I uh, we'll see what happens from here. Yeah, so the Blues defeat the Jets in six. Uh, Jets, like we talked about last podcast, pretty much the preseason favorites to definitely win the Central and yes. probably win the stand, at least be a solid contender for the Stanley Cup. They were everybody's um, sexy pick for sure. Yeah, so. Uh, the Blues handled them in six. Let's say handled said maybe a little too, uh, yeah, let's too, get, too strong a word. But well, they let's, uh, let's, let's get into that for a minute because that's something I wanted to bring up, and, and you've you've kind of started it now. Is maybe it's because we live in St. Louis, and a lot of the local TV and radio people here are, are maybe slightly biased and lean towards the Blues, but. Even in the first two games where the Blues won, I never felt like the Blues dominated play. And Mm. if you listened to Chris Kerber or, you know, ESPN Radio or any of the local network television guys, they talked about how dominant the Blues were five on five. I never got that feeling. To be quite honest, I felt like, especially game one, and, and, and parts of game two, the Jets took it to the Blues. I don't think the Blues were ready for how physical the Jets were going to be. I know mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting the Jets to come out hitting the way they did. Um, did you get that vibe, or did you think that the Blues handled thought, the Jets? Um, um, I would say as the series went on, I think they kind of got a, they got a better handle on how to play the jets and get them off their game and make them kind of play what the blues want to play. Definitely. The first game was, uh, I mean, let's be wrong. Bennington played amazing the whole outside game three. I mean, he played pretty much amazing the whole series, but he had to really stand on his head. The first, I would say the first two periods of that game one to kind of keep them. 100%. Because the Blues were not getting two like one and dones, 
Um, they weren't getting too much done on the, po- on the, the power plays they did have in game one. And then they got the goal from Perron uh, early in the, early in the third. And then, uh, then you could tell near the end of that period, they were starting to work the, that third line was starting to work uh, really well. That the third Maroon, line, I think, is the, the Maroon Bozak Thomas line is some kind of hodgepodge line I thought would never work in. But boy, it. does it! And boy, it, like I'll we, you know, like many a times this season we've been proven wrong, and you know I'm one person to definitely admit when I'm wrong. Well, for sure. Uh, but, but Patrick, yeah, Patrick Maroon turned it around. And, uh, excuse me, floor hockey legend Pat Maroon. Correct. And uh, man, it looks like he dominant power forward at times when he, I mean, don't be wrong. Sometimes the puck handling skills aren't there, but man, like, you know, the Nashville went out and acquired Wayne Simmons mm-hmm. and he, he had a, uh, he didn't, he had appendicitis or he had an injury. So he didn't even play in the playoffs. Yeah. And they're out. And that's the type of play the blues needed. And man, better late than never, I guess. And he that back, is for sure better. earning his paycheck now. Yeah. And he's played great. And he, uh, one of the sole contributors there on that third goal. Yep. to get it to Bozak and uh, Bozak at the late goal in the first with about two minutes left and the Blues are able to hold on there. And I mean, I like you said, steal game one. And we mm-hmm. said in our, we said in our preview, like, Hey, if you get one of the two first games, like that's real good. That's a uh, definitely a big thing. And uh, game two comes around and it was a shootout. Little, it was a, it was a little bit more of a, I say more of the same, but, just like how we talked about how the blues were kind of getting away from their game to start the game and let the jets kind of do what they wanted. seems like when the jets got to be physical and grind you down and have their defense active, that was like their kind of formula. And once the blues kind of were able to kind of stop them in the neutral zone and stop that kind of rush play, mm-hmm. they were able to, you know, kind of calm that down and make them play the blues kind of not dump and chase per se, but a lot of cycling. A and, lot. uh, in a lot of like puck possession mm-hmm. and then you get a shot. I mean, it, I mean, there was a couple of times where the blues had a solid minute or two and it didn't, it didn't, and it could have been any either of the lines too, from the fourth line to the first line. I mean, they like the first line was largely quiet till the end, but um, they still had to, uh, they still had the top line. They still had to shut down Shifley and Wheeler and all of them. So uh, like I said, game one, we'll close the book on that one. The blues went two to one. Like I said, game two is a little bit more of a shootout here. Mm-hmm. And once again, uh, Oscar Sundquist is playing amazing and gets two All goals year. this game. Yeah. I mean, he gets two goals this game. Uh, Pat Maroon pots one off a uh, kind of a rush play and kind of bangs it home. Yep. Um, we talked about Sundquist kind of like a back, like you said, a back and forth game. Uh, you know, Blues are losing 2 1, then tied up, then take the lead. And uh, a questionable penalty near the end of the uh, second period. And then Shifley gets his first from the slot from uh, Connor and Bufflin. And then what do you, what's your opinion on the O'Reilly goal? I think it's a weak goal. Okay. I think it's a real weak goal. I think that that is – that if there's one goal of the entire series that Hellebuck wishes he could have back, it's that goal. Yeah, he was uh, – O'Reilly comes down that's not taking the... anything away from O'Reilly, but uh, – it wasn't a special shot. It wasn't exceptionally hard or screened. Or... It was a tricky shot. I'll say that much. I mean, he got it between the defensive I mean, had, legs yeah. and kind of use him as a def- screen. But I mean, like you said, I think it was more savable than a better than a good shot. I agree. 
I still think, I mean, O'Reilly basically put it in the most perfect spot you could. Yeah. I mean, they were aiming for that blocker side a lot of the game. I mean, a lot of the series, really. I mean, Tarasenko, every time he had the puck on the power play on that side, he was going blocker side. Yes. Um, until game uh, four when he got the power play goal when he went glove side. Anyway, O'Reilly with a, with a goal early in the third, and the Blues hold on four to three and steal yeah. the first two games. And I, I mean, Blues fans got to feel just, good after that. They were feeling. I mean, everybody was feeling great going home. I mean, there was people. Unfortunately, there was people talking sweep already, uh, um, which was crazy because I mean, the Jets are a really good team. I mean, any, good, any team in the playoffs right now are going to be a really good team, as we've uh, seen in this playoffs. Oh, yeah. I think almost uh, virtually. Almost every single, very few series has the higher seed won. One, only one of the four series in the West went chalk. And that was mm-hmm. last night in a, in a game that had a it's very amazing. questionable call that led yeah. to that game becoming a game. Because remember, with what, 10 minutes left in that game, Vegas is up 3 nothing. Yeah, and they blow it. Well, we'll talk about that one uh, a little bit later in the podcast, but... We'll wrap up the Winnipeg series here. The Blues drop game three. Uh, Bennington didn't have a great game. Just it's one I, of those I games. don't think the team had a good game. Yeah, they kind of came out flat, and Winnipeg played their game and uh, closed the series two to one on a six to three win. Yep. Um, Bufflin with the late going, I kind of bounce off Bennington's helmet, and then it's just one of those nights where it's just not going your way. Right. So uh, this is a game that I was able to attend with you, and. Uh, Blues played the Jets pretty well this game overall. Game four, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, game four, uh, Blues are down one, uh, like it's 0-0 through two periods. And, man, there is a lot of back and forth. Both goalies are playing pretty well here. Yes, um, they were. So uh, early in the third, the Blues have a power play that carries over. And Vladimir Tarasenko gets his first of the series off of his normal kind of power play spot from the uh, high slot. Goes glove side on Hellebuck. Unfortunately, that was just about 30, 40 seconds into the period. And I think I turned to you. I'm like, man, this is yeah. awesome. But, man, they we still got 19 minutes left. And Yes, we do. And I know. think you and I both mentioned the fact that we saw the team kind of like sit back a little bit. And with 19 minutes left in the game, you can't do it. You can't. Yeah, it was. Uh, they did, and it bit him in the ass. Yeah, and then uh, Shifley scores on a rush, kind of a deflection right in front. This is kind of similar to, I don't remember, I think it was opening night. I want to say uh, Kyle Connor had a goal that was similar. They had a couple tip plays, and it seems like that was kind of the play they were trying quite a bit. Yes. Like, get to the, like, squirrel guy towards the front, and Shifley, yeah, he kind of clipped Biddington a couple times during the series, and a lot of, uh, I mean, he did it in the first minute of the series. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just one of those things where he was going to net hard every time, and uh, Blues didn't really make him pay too much. I mean, he they got no. good penalties, but, I mean, nothing where you saw their revenge. The Blues kept their cool quite a bit. Uh, I think your call was when this game goes in overtime, game four, you said if the Blues don't score in the first five minutes, we're going to lose. Yeah. And at 6.02, Kyle Connor gets the rebound goal. Yep. from Shifley and Wheeler, and just like that, both the road teams have won both games. Ridiculous. And, tied, and we tied two to two. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of, I think, I think after this game, I mean, you were talking in the car, and we're just like, 
Yep, this is going to be one of those where we're just going to see. We thought about the Chicago series from a handful of years, the Ryan Miller year, where uh-huh. they where they blew it, and then the three two. They had the Taves overtime winner made it three to two, and then they just got smoked in the sixth game. Yeah, and I think even the that. year before that, remember we went up two zero against the Kings and mm-hmm. blew it. Yeah, and it looked like it was going to happen that way. Um, I'll be 100% honest that I kind of like had the game on, but I admit I was on my phone a lot after a while because the Blues are just the first two periods. I mean, they got owed for 40 minutes. Yeah, two nothing after one. It was just bad. Adam Lowry gets well, 12 seconds into the game. I was just going to say, remember, this was the infamous return of our favorite text message of all time. Yeah, Blues like, hockey brought to you by Bud Light. And the Blues, one nothing Jets. One nothing. Yeah, one nothing Jets. Adam Lowry, 12 seconds in. Kevin Hayes has a rush play that he uh, goes drives hard to net and scores his second of the series from Bufflin. Uh, not looking great. Uh, Bennington, I think, is once again playing really well. It's just one of those where it's like, man, they just need something to spark them. Agreed. And uh, late in the uh, second period, Jacob Trubo make gets a uh, roughing minor. But I do also touch on a turning point that I thought was about halfway through the second period. Mm-hmm. Robert Thomas had a high sticking penalty against uh, Kulikov, and it was a double liner. And the Blues they killed it off. They killed it off, and they only had one shot during that whole time, and it was yep. pretty harmless overall. And um, I thought that was the first kind of step towards what's going to happen in the third period. It was the first sign of life from this team all game. Yeah, they get the late roughing penalty uh, from Truba decides to like grab Vladimir Tarasenko, wrestle him to the ground, and throws his arms up in the air like what. What I do? Well, this is America. Uh, <laughs> well, it was, it was Canada, actually Canada. Canada, technically. But uh, early in the third, though, Ryan O'Reilly gets the rebound goal. Uh, Shen gets a hard shot on net, and the rebound uh, hits Perron, then bounces right to O'Reilly, who hits it with his skate, and gets his second of the series. Two to one. And you're sitting there like, okay. And then the Blues slowly took over this period. I mean, yes, they did. It was. Uh, let me see. I have my stat sheet here. I wanted to say, even though the shots were very close, which is weird, it was eight. Like we actually got outshot in the third, eight to nine. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel that way. It didn't feel that way, which is very odd. They only didn't have. They didn't have. They only had about four and a half minutes of zone time. Like the uh, Jets only had four and a half minutes of offensive zone time for this period, which is nine shots is really actually really good for that much yeah. time. But at the same time. The Blues are able to contain it, and Braden Shen gets a, a let's say, controversial goal. Let's say sure. about about 14 minutes into the uh, period, his first of the series, Sunquist uh, beats uh, Dustin Bufflin, throws a puck in front, and and mind you, Bufflin is hauling uh, Sunquist down, virtually tackling him, and Sunquist goes hard to the net. He hits the net as Shen hits the puck into the net. Ruling on the ice is a goal. They go to Toronto, and it is confirmed. It is a goal. Uh, now the way rule, the way I understand that rule is that it is a combination of a would the puck have gone in regardless? Obviously, yes. Yes, I mean, it was in the middle it, of the net. It was a wide open net that he was scoring into. And secondly, was the fact that even though it was Sunquist whose body dislodged the net. It was due to the defensive player pushing him into it. Correct. 
And that's what means, and he had no chance to brace himself or like try right. to avoid it. So he was hauled down going full speed. So there's no way he could have done it. Um, I, I do want to say this because it was funny during the game where Jaden Schwartz had a couple opportunities where he shot right into Hellbuck's chest. Yeah. And I mean, our, he had a, I think he had an early breakaway and he shot, hit an arm, and um, Twitter was not happy with Jaden Schwartz. No, well, Twitter hasn't been happy with Jaden Schwartz for most of the year. But I mean, this game was like people are like, I, I was, I 100 percent admit there's people calling me out on my tweets later on, like you might want to take this down. I was like, no, man, I called Jaden Schwartz no, out and said he, I owned it. I mean, he's he was playing. I'll be a flat out. He's playing like a bitch, man. He wasn't playing great. I mean, was he like, was he approaching Paul Korea status? <laughs> possibly. I mean, about the same size. You think about it, yeah. but um, <laughs> sorry, I just I'm thinking about that. So. Uh, good analogy. Anyway, and man, they were not happy about it. And then the the 180 was hilarious. I mean, Jane Schwartz off a really great play by Maroon uh, and Shen. Shen, weirdly, I mean, it's just weird how things work out. You know, yeah, Shen, Shen had a skate issue. I don't know if you heard this. Yeah. And his skate was broken and he had to get off the ice. So that's why Bozak was even out there and a right-handed shot. Yep. Because it was on the left-hand boards and off a really good working play. I might have been Steen. I want to say Maroon, but I think it was actually Steen who was doing the hard work behind the net. I believe it was. And Steen works it to Bozak, who just throws it in front. And James Schwartz, I did not realize it until watching the replay, which I probably watched like 70 times, um, knocked it out of midair. It yep. wasn't like on the ice, which I originally no. thought it was on the ice. It was midair. It was about knee, knee height probably. Yes. And knocks it into the net with 15 seconds left, and the Blues take the lead 3-2 to two, and hold on to win game five. Um, the call that John Kelly and Darren Pangman was amazing. Um, I think I like the one – I think somebody either on Twitter or it might have been a friend who texted me who saw it on Twitter. Uh, somebody said, uh, now we know what Darren Pang sounds like, uh, his O-face. Yeah. It's just great, man. I don't know about you, but that's raw emotion, and that's and that's, that's what, what I loved about want. it. And that's what I loved about. It. I mean, I get the homerism of it and everything because that's what he's paid to do, honestly. But I mean, he the like genuine excitement because, man, that's how I would like. Unfortunately, I had a small child sitting in the room next to me, so I had to like contain myself. Um, but a lot of other people just watching videos online, man. Um, it was an awesome thing to see, and everybody celebrating in the blues. Pull this one out somehow. Uh, I the 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 minute that happened, I knew that we were going to win this series. That was a back breaking goal and a back breaking loss for the Jets. I yep. mean, the Jets owed this game for two full periods. They scored twelve seconds into the game. They led damn near the entire game. And they end up losing in the final minute of this game. And, you know, even though they had won two in St. Louis, it just felt like that was the goal that broke the Jets. Yeah, um, I watched a video the next day. I guess Sportsnet was doing a little commentary about the series. And somebody in the video was like, can the Jets come back from this? And they had, I don't know who it was. It was just one of the commentators. And he's just like, nope. He's like, did you see that? What did you see their faces after that? Yeah, I mean, and people you, were you screaming at Truba. Yeah, screaming at Truba. Like he, uh, 
if you watch the replay, he like looks like he looks into the crowd. But then if you look at if from what they said on Sportsnet, he, he was looking at apparently there's a clock behind um, the net, like off to the right. So he was looking at the time left in the period. And he, like, I see, didn't realize there was that much time because there was about 25 seconds left when he went behind the net and was just trying to hold the puck against the boards. And that's when Steen and uh, Shen were digging at it. And that's when yeah. skate, uh, his skate issue happened. And I tell you right now, had that game gone to overtime, I'm not confident the Blues win that game. It would have been close, man. Because I mean, like I said, I think they were starting to get the they were they back dominated that third period. But I just had a vibe that. Had the Jets been able to escape the third period, tied, they would have taken a breath, regrouped, and come out strong. But, and again, this is the one of the first times that we have seen the Blues keep the pressure on. Mm-hmm. They weren't playing to go to overtime. They were playing to win. Yeah, and there was one lineup change during this game. Uh, well, two lineup changes, let's say. Uh, Carl Gunnison slots in for Robert Bortuzzo. Yep. And Robbie Fabry slots in for uh, Zach Sanford, which I think made a huge difference. I um, agree. I agree. Uh, Zach Sanford, I think, was not very effective the first two games, even though we won those. Agreed. After the third game, when they got work six to three, that uh, he was on the ice for a couple of those goals. And uh, they brought Fabry in for game four, technically. Yes. And he had a lot of good chances. I mean, uh, Play, still play on the fourth line in limited minutes, but when he had his chances, uh, like we'll talk about in game six, he had a partial hit a break, a partial breakaway, and uh, and Hellbuck barely got an arm on it. Yep. Yeah, a couple of great uh, plays they broke up. Uh, so he's doing uh, slowly getting back to that player that we saw that played uh, really well in 2016 playoffs that we got excited about. So I really hope that he's starting to feel it and gets back to that point because having that kind of weapon on the fourth line is going to be huge, huge. And essential in the series. And as we're kind of leading on right now, the Blues play at home for game six. And, I mean, come out firing. It, it, like we talked, you kind of mentioned, you know, the score is three to two and the Blues win this. It really wasn't honestly close until the last three minutes of the game maybe where the Blues kind of went into prevent defense, a little too lackadaisical? Well, I think that the Blues saw Winnipeg pull their goalie and went, ah, we got this. And then Schwartz did hit the net, or hit the, hit the post after he had – Schwartz had a hat trick, so he scores the last four goals for the St. Louis Blues yep. after being the kind of pariah of the team, uh, at least on social media, and gets three here in – can completely takes this game over, and the Blues are setting with three nothing about halfway through the uh, third period, and they hold on after Winnipeg gets a couple of rush plays, uh, goals, and take the series four to two. And uh, I, I'll toot my own horn there and said I got this one right, one of the very few I got right in the bracket, as we'll get to talk about here. And the Blues move on. So, any uh, final thoughts on the Blues beating the Winnipeg Jets uh, in six games? Yeah. Um, first is, you know, I mentioned before the series that one of the guys to watch that could be a thorn in the side of the Blues was Dustin Bufflin. We've known what kind of player he was from all the way back in his Chicago days. Uh, two players that really, I guess, I, I hadn't seen enough of to, to know this about. I knew that Patrick Laine was a very skilled 
offensive weapon. And I knew that Mark Shifley was a good player. I had no idea how – I don't want to use the word dirty because they're not dirty players. But how – what's the term I'm looking for, Jason? Uh, potentially cheap shot artist. Yeah, especially Shifley. Yeah, Shifley more so than Line. Line just a little tra- a trash talking little bitch. Correct. <laughs> we and uh, Pat Maroon gets a, a new you. he get, yeah he gets a new shirt out of it uh, after uh, Line A called him fat and then Maroon says, mind you, an awesome shirt by the way. Yeah. Uh, he's like he's like I may be chubby but I'm effective. Yeah. And, and now and somebody made a shirt now so. But I, saw I had stores. no idea how much of a. Uh, cheap shot guy Mark Shifley was. And not yeah, he, just not just on Bennington, but there were a couple times where he would, you know, make small runs or jabs at Bennington after the play. Or, you know, when there was the scrums in front of the net after the end of plays, he would take cheap shots at people. Um by the way, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the Academy Award performance in game three. Of um, what's the dude from uh, um, Winnipeg who oh, obviously don't? The Kulikov who like yes. flying, yeah. <laughs> he fell over like somebody shot him with a gun. Yeah, it was a little ridiculous to say the least. Um, um, but it was a good series. Um, it, I'm not, I'm not surprised by the outcome, even though it's not what I picked. Um. But, you know, it's one of those series that, man, you wish that it would go seven games just because of how good the games were. Yeah, with all, my like, heart I and, a lot of the series, yeah. My but, heart and uh, uh, my internal organs are very happy because I think if it went seven games, I would have had an ulcer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just good, physical, quality playoff hockey. Yeah, and the Blues pretty much escape um, – Injury free, Bortuzzo is a little banged up, which is one of the reasons why he kind of sat out. And then Gunnarsson kind of played, stepped in, played really well for Trangelo, kind of stabilized back there. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, I was impressed by Vince Dunn. I was too. He played very well. Uh, let's just do quick leaders for the uh, series. James Schwartz, obviously with four goals, uh, leads the team. Petrangelo with six assists and points is after Petrangelo. So, and obviously. Uh, Bennington was in net, so he leads all the goaltending stats. But overall, a really good series. And the thing that I really love the most, and I love what the Blues are doing with this, is the locker room afterwards. Yes. I love watching that. I mean, so it's great, too, because there's so many freaking F-bombs. Oh, like, yeah. Constantly. And, uh, I'm going to drop the audio out every 10 seconds. Yeah. Like, let's, uh, like after the Blues won, which Schwartz scored 15 seconds left, I think I counted uh, – I think I counted in the um, like minute clip they had. I think I heard at least eight effing right boys. Yeah, and say effing, but you know. Did you see the video of Maroon mic'd up for Game Six? Yes. And then, yeah, there, uh, there's was, a lot of sensors in that too. Yeah, and then um, Brube talking to them in between. I think it was the second and third period of Game Six. They kind of put out there um, as well, and. They kind of put. It's funny how they put the like. You know, you can watch a video on Facebook, and they have the um, closed caption kind of on. Right. But if you actually like click on the video, like it's funny because he drops at least like five f bombs yeah. during his little speech, but it's obviously like censored out. 
Um, and you can tell, man, this team, I mean, you just look at these videos. I mean, they're all together, man. We That's talked about great. the locker room, the locker room being like divided and Steen versus Petrangelo and all this other crap we talked about earlier in the season. Oh man, and just the other thing that was so cool was Chris Thorburn. And as I made the joke, like, who wants to walk with Chris Thorburn? Because he looks just like Elias. Yes, uh, you like, uh, and he just after the Blues won, what comes in the room and just goes around and high fives everybody and is telling them how great they played. And, I mean, this is a guy who's been in San Antonio for ninety. Nine percent of the season, yeah. and you and these guys love that guy. Oh yeah, and we're so happy to see him. And just you can tell this team is gelled together and working together. And wants well, to. They've taken the identity of Brube being a hardworking, tough team, and all the props in the world to Craig Brube, who I'll flat out admit I didn't know if he could handle the job. And I agree. And he's now like maybe one of my all-time favorite coaches right now on the Blues because I like, agree. I, you know, to your point about the divided locker room, nothing galvanizes a team more than winning. You know, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, when you have different philosophies, that's that's one thing. That becomes a problem when there's not success. But when you're winning games, you're advancing in the playoffs, you forgive a lot of the personal things you may not like because there's no need to finger point. Um, I still think that eventually that problem is going to have to be dealt with, and I don't know what the answer is. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now you're right. This is a team that is, I think, the most unified front that we've seen since this team went to the Western Conference Finals four years ago. Yeah, man. I mean, man, the, as we're going to talk about now, losing the second round – and facing, and they have now officially have they at least have home ice advantage for this round. Yeah, damn sharks. Yeah, sharks with an amazing comeback last night. Uh, the Blues play the Dallas Stars, yes. uh, who upset the uh, Nashville Predators four to two. Which you wouldn't say upset, but man, the Predators haven't played well all year, and Dallas oh, has been okay. Oh, thirteen on the power play in that series. Yeah, not great. That's not going to get it done. Yeah, and they. Uh, Lost in overtime in their last game in game six. Yeah, a double overtime. Double overtime to uh, Klingberg with uh, the goal there. Yep. So Radulov's lead them in goals right now with four. Klingberg with five assists. And Radulov with six points is tied with And Klingberg's tied with uh, him in points as well. Ben Bishop is playing amazing for them right now. Yep. He's uh, living up to Vezna Trophy. There we go. Uh, that he was nominated for. Um, I really think it's going to be a – the key for this series will be battle goaltenders. Which goaltenders can steal the series? I think there's two There's two significant things in this series. Yes, goaltending, number one, um, it's going to be a battle of goaltenders in which Ben Bishop shows up. Uh, right now, Ben Bishop is locked in. And as we know all too well from his time in St. Louis and what we saw the years that he was taking Tampa Bay to the finals, when Ben Bishop gets locked in, he is damn hard to beat. He is a physically big presence. He takes up a lot of room, and he's a wall. I think the other thing that we need to look at is, I would say that if you're matching up top lines, the Dallas Stars have the edge as far as the top lines go. Mm-hmm. Outside of that top line, the Blues have the edge in lines two through four. I think on so, defense as well. 
Agreed. I think that this game gets won on the backs of the second through fourth line. And right now, I'm going to say that if the Bozak and and Maroon and Thomas line can continue to do what they've done, the Blues will win this series. And the Blues will win this series fairly handily. Because while the Stars may have the sexier top three, the Blues are much deeper. Yeah, they can definitely slow down Radulov, Ben, and Sagan. Yeah, they can win this series. I think as much as even if Ben Bishop plays well, I think they can grind it down. And I think, like you said, the bottom three lines. I think the Blues, at least on paper, match up better. Yes. Um, I don't. This is either going to be, and I don't see it being this way because I don't think either one of these goalies are going to fall apart. Uh, some people said this could be either a really high-scoring series. Or it's going to be a bunch of one nothing, two one wins, and I tend to lean that way. I don't see anybody scoring five, six goals in a game in this series. Yeah, it's going to be real tough considering that both your play probably the two hottest goaltenders, two goaltenders, top goaltenders in the playoffs right yeah. now. I mean, at least in my opinion. So, Blues, uh, we start. We're recording the twenty uh, fourth. Blues start tomorrow night on the twenty fifth, and they play, of course. An 8.30 game. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then supposedly, the rumor has it, uh, Saturday's game is going to be a 2 p.m. game. That's what I'm hearing. Neat. So you go from one extreme to another, which is interesting. So we'll see. Um, all right. We'll do uh, we'll do this prediction, then we'll talk about the rest of the uh, – because I, 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 at least officially, we can't finish up everybody because it looks like – we are still playing in still Washington. Playing in, still playing in Washington as of right now, and they're still 3-3, about halfway through overtime, it looks like. Eight Pardon. minutes and 18 seconds left in overtime. We're still tied at three. Yeah, but we will uh, We'll still go through the best we can, though. So, Blues and Dallas. So, once again, we'll do our predictions uh, for them, and then we'll talk about the rest of the series. So, the Blues and Dallas. Blues having a home ice advantage. What do you think, Chris? Well, we, I just talked a little bit about what I think the keys to the series are with, between goaltending and the depth of the Blues. Uh, if the Blues play the way they did against the Jets, if they're able to match up and lock down the, the top line of the Stars, I think that the Blues will win this series. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. I'm not saying that they're going to sweep them, but I also don't see it going seven. I'm going to be a little bullish on this. And I'm going to say St. Louis advances in five. Okay, so you're a little more optimistic than I am. I just, I just see Ben Bishop stealing a game or two. That's my thing. I just think the Blues, like we talked about, I think you match up better as you go through the lineup. I think uh, the Blues are coming in as pretty healthy, knock on wood. Um, Bennington's still playing well, and. Uh, that's about all I really got. So I think I'm going to go with Blues and six. I think they'll just Bishop's going to take an extra game, or it might be just that fluke game that happens. I mean, like we had that game three happen with the Blues. Shit happens. We'll move on. So, but I see the Blues getting to the Western Conference Finals, which I don't really thought that would have happened on January first. Which we'll probably, say that, we'll probably say that line 500 times. Not at uh, all. Hopefully through June. So. Blues and Stars. So the next series, another series on the other side of the West, uh, one upset was Calgary in losing in five games to Colorado, who and they just looked bad 
They looked real bad. I don't even think it's necessarily the Colorado looked that good as it was Calgary outside of game one looked straight booty. Do you think they were uh, like a – that's the other way around. trying to think of the other way. So basically you think they were just not in disguise but over – maybe overhyped is what I'm thinking of. Like they had such a great – like. They were a really good regular season team, but when it comes down to play, like a playoff team, like that's why I thought about the Blues. I always thought the Blues are very much built for like mm. a playoff type. At, well, like, play, like, that's the same with the Jets and Nashville. I always thought when I looked at them, like they can be a good regular season team, but they're built for going deep into the playoffs. That's why I kind of thought. We talked I, I about think this, Calgary was like that. I think we talked about this in the car on the way to Game Four, um, and I think that there's a lot of uh, merit to that statement. Just in the fact that if you watch the way the game is played, the the way the game is played from October to March is not the way the game is played in April and beyond. It's just not. Uh, And I think you're right. I think that Calgary was a team that was built to succeed the way the game is played in the regular season. And by that, I mean that there are a lot of things that get called as penalties in the regular season that get ignored in the playoffs. You have to amp up your physicality in the playoffs. You have to. It was made very relevant in that Blues and Jets series. I think it was game one where, was it Shifley that essentially just tackled Tarasenko with like six minutes left? I think um, so, yeah. It's one of those guys, yeah. But, you know, and there's a lot of series that went that way. Tampa Bay is another prime example. Tampa Bay is not built to be physical at all. And Columbus stepped up and punched him in the mouth every game and swept a team that tied the all-time record for best record in the NHL. So I think you're right. I think that you look at a team like Calgary, and it's not so much that – that Colorado is better than them, but Colorado has the ability to get dirtier than Calgary does, and that costs them in the playoffs when the refs will swallow their whistles. Yeah, and they were uh, real close to having a uh, the top. I think they wanted to be in because technically the Jets, no, the Jets don't. No, Nashville was uh, had 100 points, so the top two seeds in each conference lost, which is the first time ever in the first round. Yep. Uh, so as we talked about, so the Avalanche win in five, which is kind of crazy. And mind you, it wasn't because Mike Smith is awful. Because I was, I'm like, don't really like think Mike Smith's a great goalie, and he actually was standing on his head most of this most of the series. And he was one of the few reasons they actually made it to five. So they win, and then kind of an amazing series, uh, which we kind of called, which a lot of you honestly did, the Sharks and the uh, Golden Knights. And we'll just do I got a quick synopsis. Yeah, we got this one wrong. I got this one wrong too. I, I, called, I, I said called the Sharks were a sweep. Yeah, you did call Knights in a sweep. I said I almost uh, had I said, it. I almost had it. Yeah. It was three one Knights at one point. It was three one, and then the Sharks won three straight overtime games. Yeah. And we'll talk. Let's do a we'll talk about. Might as well because it's the talk of the hockey uh, hockey universe right now. I guess you could say. Last night, Game Seven, the Golden Knights are winning three to nothing in the middle of the third period. And Cody Eakin wins a face-off against Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski kind of loses balance. Eakin gives him a, a shove to get out of the way, which... Uh, let's be fair. He cross-checked him in the chest. 
Okay. And why he cross-checked him into the chest, into Paul Stasny. Yes. Paul Stasny kind of – and mind you, Pavelski is off-balance and falling. And then Stasny just throws him out of the way, not like maliciously or right. to the ground, just out of the way. And unfortunately, the way Pavelski fell, he hit his head and face on the ground, and he was immediately split open. Yeah. And it pouring blood from his head. Um, mind you, the whistle wasn't even blown right away. If you actually watch this game live, the whistle yeah. wasn't blown for a good right, 10, 15 seconds until all the uh, San Jose players were screaming at the ref well, to blow the whistle. And I think that's the problem is I don't think that any of the referees saw this infraction. And it, and, and unfortunately, it's the aftermath which gets the call, which kind of – 100%. It, it sucks because it's definitely a two-minute penalty. I don't – whatever you want to say, it's, it's a two-minute cross-checking penalty. That's it. Unfortunately yep. – the ref saw the injury, throw Dallas, uh, say Dallas Eakins, I almost got there, Cody Eakins out of the game, and uh, a five-minute major. So five-minute penalty with about eight and a half minutes left. Yep. And San Jose goes on to score not one, not two, not three, but four goals on a five-minute power play. Reminiscent of what the Blues did to the uh, Kings back in the day, scoring four goals uh, on a five-minute power play. Fun fact stat. The only team to score four goals quicker than San Jose did last night was that Blues team against the LA Kings. And I watched that uh, highlight today, and it was uh, when it was when uh, Jeff Cordall ran. Who? Which Kings goalie did he run, Chris? Oh God, was that Kelly Rudy? No, just right after him, Jamie Store. Oh wow! Yeah. So Jamie Store is uh, kind of run by Jeff Cordall, and. Uh, he is accosted behind the net, and he is uh, somehow did not get a penalty at all, which is the crazy part about that too. That. And uh, and the five minute major and the Blues score and we're going to win that game. So anyway, back to this game. The Sharks pull ahead with a couple minutes left in the game, mm-hmm. four to three, off an amazing sequence. Uh, Jonathan Marshall show though ties it with thirty seconds left, and in overtime the Sharks get a goal off a I, I say a bad change by the uh, Golden Knights here. Very and, good uh, change. Yeah. But also a goal scored by a guy who'd only played six minutes, so he had super fresh legs. Yeah, and he was he had a really nice move too. So Goudreau, I believe his name is. Yes. And he gets the overtime winner and the Sharks win at home. Amazing uh, honestly an amazing game. I mean, imagine being a Sharks fan, the amount of the emotions going through that game, being in utter despair, kinda like how we were, we were down two nothing in the uh game five. Yeah. Well, I, I think I heard some of the announcers say that when that when the when the game got three nothing, people started walking out of the arena. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's disappointing. I'll say that much. Like I, I would write I'll write it out, but I mean it's disappointing to say the least. And then you get that hope goal. Where you think, oh, it's just one goal, but then mm-hmm. they get one really quickly, three to two. So now you're amped and they tie it up and pull ahead, and then you're so excited, and then they deflated because they tied up with 30 seconds left and now you have overtime and then you wind up winning in overtime and your team moves on after all. So, so can we, I want to drill down on a couple of things about the Egan penalty and the aftermath thereof. Uh, I, I think you hit it right on the head where the penalty was assessed due to the aftermath of that hit, not the actual infraction. Um, it's unfortunate that Pacioretty landed the way he did and cut himself open. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Pavelski. If if Pavelski had landed on his shoulder, 
and popped right back up and shook it off. You're looking at a two-minute cross-checking penalty, mm-hmm. which it should have been. It should have been a two-minute penalty. Yep. That said, if you're the coach of the Golden Knights and you watch, you watch them very quickly score the first goal and you see the way the team reacts and galvanizes around Couture's goal. I mean, he immediately turned to the bench and held up one finger like, that's one. And then they score another one. How do you not immediately call your timeout? And if nothing else, else, rally your troops, get them a breath, do anything you can to try to take some of the momentum and energy out of that Sharks power play. Even though you know they're still going to come back on the power play, it's like they stood there on the tracks watching the train barreling down at him and went, ah, that train's not going to hit us. That train will move. No, man, that train is on tracks. It's coming where those tracks are. And I'll tell you right now, even when Vegas tied that game with 30 seconds left, there was no doubt in my mind that San Jose was winning that game. There's just There was so much momentum and so much energy in that building after the way that team stormed back that it just felt like Vegas was to to equate it in a to a boxing way they were on their feet but they weren't awake you know what i mean like they were yeah. just they're getting punched and uh it it sucks i think it was a bad call but at the same time vegas did nothing to help their cause I don't know how you let that train of the San Jose Sharks just keep pouring goals in your net and do nothing to I try agree. to stem the tide. That's what I kind of was pointing out on Twitter today, and people were talking about the, how bad the penalty was. And I'm like, you get a five-minute major, you automatically don't, they don't put four goals up on the board. Yeah, agreed. You know, like, how many times have Blues had a five-minute major and get zero goals? I mean, it's it's part of, like, stopping momentum – being a good team to rise above a bad call too. And that's what I, yep. that's what I, I kind of said. And I said, I I'm, I'm not debating how it was a bad call. I'm not debating that at all. Um, I am debating that the team still needs to play hockey. Yes. He's percent rally and, you know, get behind their goaltender, get behind their team and play well to win this game. Cause they, you want to move on. You know, that's yeah. the blues. I mean, crap, the blues had a, I had to come to Jesus meeting after the second period in game five and said, Hey, we got a power play. We need to get one here. If we don't get one here, we need to keep grinding and get a goal. Yeah. And you know, like it's working. So they, so that series now. So now we're talking. Uh, so the other side is Colorado and San Jose, as we just talked about. So with San Jose having home ice. So who do you think is going to win this series? I don't know. <laughs> Pure and honest. I don't know. Um, I have learned this series, never count San Jose out. I think that they're old. I think that they're over the hill. I think that their goaltending is average, but they win games. Um, yep. I don't know, man. My my gut tells me Colorado. Uh, but San Jose can walk away with this, this series, too. Uh, gun to my head, if you give, make me make a prediction, I'll say San Jose in seven. 
Yeah, I'm going to go San Jose in six. So uh, let's go over to the east, and we had a couple upsets over in the east, even though we can't officially talk about one of the matchups because it looks like overtime is over, and it looks like it's still 3-3 for the Capitals. We can say who they might play, though. So anyway, the Lightning get bulldozed by the Blue Jackets and lose oh, in four games, which is probably one of the, for hockey at least, as we one of the top five upsets of all time. Easily. Easily. And, I mean, a team that barely sweeped into the playoffs and they sweep, I mean, not like barely stuck by them in maybe one or two games. They steamrolled them. They they won seven to three the last game. The game one, they had an epic comeback. Because mm-hmm. I believe they were down three nothing in that game, I believe. Yeah, they were down three nothing early in that game and come back and won four to three. Yeah. Uh, and they games. won the second game five to one. Yeah. Won game three, three to one. And then all of the game four, seven to three. So you're talking, they put up some goals. They put up almost 20 that, goals. That seven games. to three is a bit, a bit misleading, though, because they did score three empty net goals. Correct. I'll say that much. So even um, you take that three out, that's still about 16 goals in yeah. four games. I mean, it's four. I mean, that's that's going to win you games, averaging four goals a game. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, look, this is a team that went all in at the deadline and bought everyone they could uh, and still barely made the playoffs. But they uh, they played some damn good hockey, and I don't think Tampa Bay was ready for it. I think Tampa Bay was looking past the series. Yep, and uh, now they're uh, going to have some issues with the uh, salary cap in the offseason, so we'll see what, how it shakes out in Tampa. Uh, another series that was I thought was going to be a really good series and it wound up being that way. A little anticlimactic on another Game 7, though. Uh, Bruins beat the Maple Leafs in 7, so you got this one correct. I did not get this correct. I said Maple Leafs in seven. Just missed it. So Bruins win five to one in game seven. And now we get the Blue Jackets and Bruins with Bruins having home ice. So who do you think is going to win this one? Mind you, side note, because he's a former Blue, and I'll say because it got brought up numerous times online. Uh, David Backus was a healthy scratch the last most of the series. And he, was he was healthy a, scratch three in the game. seven games. And, and game seven was one of those games he's a healthy scratch. Yeah, he was a healthy scratch for game one, game six, and game seven. He had, I looked it up, he had four minutes of ice time in game five. So, man, as much as I like the guy, he's a great guy, but um, I'm glad we don't have that contract. Yes. So, um, I, I, it's a tough one. Yeah, you know what? The way they're playing right now, I wouldn't put anyone over Columbus. There you go. Um, I will say that Columbus wins this in seven. I think that they're not going to sneak up on Boston the way they did on Tampa. Boston's going to be waiting for them now. Um, the big, the big thing of this for me is going to be how does Columbus play in game one after this much time off? Yeah, they've they have not played since the sixteenth. Yep, it, it, this, you know, this is a classic example of are you a rest guy or are you a rust guy? And there's yeah. two schools of thought. Um, and I tend to lead on the side of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I think that Columbus, if Columbus comes out and wins, ga- wins game one, I think they put the fear of God in Boston. Yeah. Uh, so I am going with uh, Boston in seven. I think it's going to be, like you said, I'm not discounting Columbus at all. I just think it's going to be a really great series, a back and forth series. And I think Boston's, I'm going with Boston's experience putting them over. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. It could be 100% Columbus and they could start steamrolling people. That could be 100% be wrong. I but, mean, the way they played, man, 
Yeah, they, if they, they played well. play the way they played against Tampa, they could beat anybody. Yeah, so I'm saying the Boston is a different animal compared to Tampa. So I think that's going to make this series a little bit longer and make uh, – I think Boston's going to eke this one out. So the other series, which you really can't talk about yet because uh, the Capitals and uh, Hurricanes are still playing, which we thought recording this late they'd be done by now, but of course not. It'll be the Islanders who uh, swept the uh, Penguins, which we uh, both got right on this one. Uh, but did not pick a sweep, though. I think you said oh. five. You said in five. I'll give you that. I said six. So Islanders move on, uh, playing really well. Uh, like they have all year. And John Tavares is not in the playoff, which that has to make oh, some. Uh, that has to make has to make Islanders fans really happy. At least some Islanders fans. I mean, there's some that are you know whatever. But I think there's some fans that you know we're gonna hold a grudge against that guy for a long time. Of course. And I think uh, they're very happy right now. So uh, let's see. So yeah, like we said, they're gonna play either the Capitals or Hurricanes, and uh, depending on who wins that game, if the Capitals win, they get home ice. If uh, Carolina wins, the Islanders get home ice. So kind of a toss up there. So we'll kind of, unfortunately we can't really predict that one. It's going to be tough. If it's the Capitals, I think the Capitals are going to, uh, I think either way, I'm kind of almost thinking Islanders might take this one. I'm with you. I, I think that the Islanders win regardless of opponent. I think if it's the Hurricanes, I'd say the Islanders in five. If it's the Caps, I'll say Islanders in seven. Yeah, I think it's going to be a closer series with the Capitals compared to the uh, – not just counting Carolina, man, because those guys, those bunch of jerks are playing well. So, uh, I hope that if they advance, I hope they play a game in the in the Wales jerseys. It'd be nice, but I just don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. No, they're going to weather blacks. Yeah. So those are all the series. The Blues start their uh, second round tomorrow, wherever you today when you're listening to this. 8.30 is the only game we know right now, 8.30 on the uh, 25th of April. And then they play Saturday the 27th, which uh, I think as I'm speculated online, is it's 2 o'clock. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, I might you might have the answer by the time you're listening to this. So, and then after that, it's every other day, which is great. Which I like. So, yep. I know more than one or no more, uh, excuse me, with travel, there's just one day in between, which is great. It's kind of nice being the central. You don't have to travel really long distances. Yep. Uh, and even if the Blues, I mean, the next series, be depending on who wins, could be a longer travel because you're going to either Colorado or San Jose if, that is a, if that's what happens. So we'll see what happens, man. I, I got to say um, this is one of the few times I'm feeling – there's always that nervousness feeling, but I think I'm feeling really good about this series. I think I'm confident they can play well this series compared to the Jets where I know the Jets series, they've struggled in the past. I knew it was going to be a lot tougher series. I think they can – do a lot better this series and uh, maybe not. Hopefully they're not discounting the stars, which I don't think they are. Uh, I hope but, not. Um, have, have the blues beat Dallas this year? Uh, they have not. They are uh, two, one and one, I believe is what I saw today. Yeah. Um, so that's the only thing that concerns me is the way the stars have beaten the blues this year. And the last two games is when Bennington was actually in nets and the blues lost those games. Uh, quite handily, a combined score of nine to three. So yep. uh, those are kind of Bennington's worst games. So we'll see how it turns out. I'd have to look at kind of look at those and see if those are the end of like long road trips on back to backs. Um, well, the one was the game that broke the streak. Correct. That was at the game where they just won against Toronto, and I think that was the game where they were just. I think they're just emotionally drained. 
And I think that was just kind of is going to happen eventually. And it just, uh, we'll see. So anyway, we'll wrap it up there. So if you can get a hold of us uh, on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. And Chris is at? At Hossapalooza. You also, <laughs> I don't know what it's going to make me laugh. It's late. Uh, and also find us on Facebook and Instagram. It's Blues Hockey Podcast at both of those. Uh, find the social media outlets. And you can also find us on our website. It's blueshockeypodcast.com.net. And if you want to email us as well, you can find the link on our website. And it's blueshockeypodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to listen to us, any fine uh, podcast directories, that would be Apple Podcast, to be Google Play or Google Podcast. I don't know, sure which it's called anymore. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher. And I'm working on getting, I got to catch up on the YouTubes and it'll get, it will be up there as soon as possible. And also on our website, like I said before, blueshockeypodcast.net. And uh, soon to, if we, if we win, if we win the Stanley Cup, I will, uh, I will put us on, on Tinder. Oh, snap. We'll be on Tinder. And then uh, we'll celebrate that way. Like I said, I, I told, uh, I told my wife, if we uh, win, mind you, not the tender part of everything, but I said, if we, uh, the Blues wind up winning, uh, going far and winning, you probably won't see me for a handful of days. Yeah. Because uh, it's going to be, this town is going to go crazy. We're going to go yeah. on a bender. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm going to do nothing but drink beer and eat pretzels. Hashtag, <laughs> let me get that pretzel. Let me get that pretzel. So there you go. So, all right. Well, we'll be at game one. So uh, hopefully we can bring home a winner. and. Uh, the Blues can get by and get back into the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 2016. So, all right, we'll leave you at that one, and we'll talk to you guys next time. See you.